0: Welcome to the Purposeful OT Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Emily Riley, founder of Purposefully Home and co-founder of Functional Futures in Scottsdale, Arizona. As an occupational therapist and functional design consultant, I work closely with senior care communities, trades, pros, and others in the residential home-build industry in order to minimize the barriers that exist within the built environment. Each week, we will explore functional, intuitive, and timeless solutions in order to create home and community spaces that empower you to live your life with purpose. Hi, everyone. I am Dr. Emily Riley, the Purposeful OT and I'm so excited to be here with you. We are doing things a little bit differently. We are recording this podcast as a video so we can share it on YouTube. So we will be um, updating the audio to a file so that way those episodes can be on YouTube as well. They won't have the video component, but that's okay. So I am so happy that you're here with me and looking forward to talking about empowered homes. I am an occupational therapist and work in the community, working with clients and their caregivers in their homes, where the environment is not always as functional as we would hope. When we are young and mobile, it can be just perfect. but. We find those things that don't really pan out. You know, there's not enough storage. The pantry's too small. The cabinets are too high. Um, there are a lot of different factors that create our home and create the environment in which we live. And now we do so much more within our homes and spend quite a bit more time there than we probably have in the past several years. So we really want our home, no matter what age or stage we're at, to empower us, empower our lifestyle, and really support our lives with families, friends, even just ourselves. And of course, can't forget our pets and children. So Empowered Homes is something for everyone. It's for homeowners. It's for homes sellers, people that are looking to sell their home. What areas can you emphasize within your space that you want to highlight to that next homeowner? It's for real estate agents and people that are looking to branch out into accessibility, contractors, and all of the other professionals and support systems in between. But it doesn't matter how much you read or learn or listen to about aging in place, if you don't understand the little nuances of function, then you may miss out on some really big factors that would play in creating an empowered home, especially for those multi-generational families, for those unique dynamics that exist within the homes today. So let's go over a few different strategies to create living in place, which is, of course, under that big umbrella term of universal design, um, aging in place. But when you talk about living in place, you're talking about everyone involved. It's not just grandma or grandpa or mom or dad. It's from the littlest little one in the home to the eldest, it can be the friend that's visiting, it can be the temporary visitor that is just exploring um, your town. Whoever you are sharing that space with, living in place is an opportunity to optimize your home and your interaction with the community. But people don't always consider that. One project I've been following really closely is in Buffalo, New York, Canandaigua actually. They are creating the first fully universal design accessible playground in the entire country. In a country of millions of people where there are several hundred thousands of people living with disabilities and probably quite a few more, whether it's physical or cognitive, emotional, disabilities look all different ways. And we can't just tell from physically looking at someone, but there are a lot of opportunities that are totally missed by builders and creators that are making community spaces and leaving a great deal of people out because the space is not functional. It's not accessible and it's not empowering all of the people that exist and that are living And working and playing in that space. So, in Canandaigua, the idea center of Buffalo, an aspect of Buffalo University, is creating this beautiful space where children and families and people will be able to come together to play, laugh, and create great memories. So, as I say in my business, for those of you that are living and people are telling you no you can't do that because of an illness or a condition. I'm an occupational therapist and when I'm working with people, I'm assessing people and yes, we may identify some barriers, but what we're really doing is creating solutions because ultimately we we want to empower you. And so when others are telling you that you can't or you shouldn't We are the ones that are working with you to show you how you can. And not everybody's doing that. So let's explore how we can create some empowered homes. There are a lot of different things that are existing when we're talking about function. We wanna be able to manage our everyday routines. Waking up, making coffee, sitting and reading a book, watching TV, visiting, chatting. But for some family members, that can be really difficult. Maybe they can't get out of bed. Maybe they need a walker or wheelchair and it doesn't fit through the doorway to get to the bathroom to take a shower. Maybe getting out into the backyard is impossible because of the patio or clutter or cobblestone or depending on what type of material the flooring or the ground is, it can really be limiting to people getting in and out of the space. Maybe there's sound or lights that are really irritating to one of your family members, whether it's someone living with dementia or maybe someone on the spectrum with a neurodiversity that has those really hypersensitivities to things that many of us may really dismiss And not consider. But our home is a space that we can actually create to help supplement for those little areas that can be difficult for us to manage when we're out in the big world. Maybe where we struggle in school or in work, there are some limitations because they have to abide by regulations that are working towards the general public. So the Americans with Disabilities Act is a great example. It empowers people to have access to things that they deserve to access out in the community. But within our homes, we can actually create our own spaces without taking into consideration ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act. We have the creativity to design our home and our space The best way it is to allow us, our family, our values to function. So whether you're forgetful, you have difficulty managing those self-care activities, whether it's a physical um, ailment or pain or whatever other disability, whether it's acute or chronic condition that may exist. Maybe it's somebody that's easily agitated or somebody who gets confused and kind of wanders around. Maybe they're looking for the bedroom or the bathroom and you have to constantly be with them to escort them from place to place. Maybe that's so overwhelming that it's just easier if they do everything in their room or in the living room or in the back corner where they're kind of out of the way and not being disturbed. As a caregiver, as a family caregiver, or a paid caregiver, we think that some of those solutions are really helping that individual, helping the dynamics. But what we fail to realize are all the other aspects of a human that we really thrive on or that we need to thrive. Whether the skills or um, physical conditions aren't quite there, it's really how we interact with our environment and how our inner environment is going to impact us. So I work with clients in the community and I have this one client who has been living on their own their whole life. But over time, things became a little bit more difficult. And as things became more difficult, they felt more embarrassed. So they stopped having people over and they didn't really know how to ask for help. By working with community partners, and people that don't always know what lens to look through because we have our own role. But a community partner identified this person as maybe possibly benefiting from an occupational therapy functional home assessment. So I stepped in. As the owner of Purposefully Home, that's ultimately what my goal is. So I was able to assess and identify some of those barriers. This person no longer cooks. They're not able to manage their day-to-day living um, and spend a lot of time watching TV, feeling isolated. They sit in a chair in their bedroom in order to watch the news. Very rarely do they come out into the living room and enjoy their space. They're surrounded by stuff and clutter. And while it's not directly a hazard, There's pathways and walkways. They're able to walk, talk, and communicate. But what I noticed is the social isolation that they were experiencing. Granted, with COVID, that certainly doesn't help things, but they weren't able to interact with even just their neighbors and their friends because they were too embarrassed. Another thing I noticed was their meals. They were talking to me about some of their health conditions that they, work through and take medications for and have had problems for, for over 20 years. And when we started discussing what their um, mealtime habits were, what their nutrition um, mindset was, I was able to quickly identify some of the problem areas. And we together created a plan and just started simple. I took a sign that said, keep. I took a sign. I didn't take them. I made them (laughs) with a blank piece of paper and I used three different colors. And then I used a big Sharpie marker and I made the sign that said keep. I made the sign that said throw away. And I made the sign that said shred because this person was overwhelmed by papers, paperwork, and documents and things that are supposed to be important that. At one time or another, you know you're supposed to keep because you're an adult and people tell you you're supposed to keep things, but they went over the time limit. A lot of those um, documents are, you know, three, five, seven years. I don't know all the details, especially in this digital world. Anyways, they needed help. And instead of entering and communicating with them kind of in a harsh tone, telling them all the reasons why this was dangerous and unsafe and why, where they went wrong. We just had a conversation and there was no judgment. There was just a conversation to identify what the personal goals were, find how it could align with my professional goals and how we could work together to create that functional and empowering space. In this current space, she was feeling really deflated, inhibiting her from getting around and doing those everyday things. But by creating this simple plan, it was easy for her to set those cards, the um, flyers or you know the signs, I guess, um, and be able to identify, okay, what is this? This is something I need to keep. Okay, here's something I haven't used in a very long time, but I think someone else would benefit from it. Let's donate it. And then let's definitely throw this away. I have no use for it. It's broken. It's old. Whatever the reason, let's toss it. And then the shredding pile. So I guess I made four cards. And little by little, we worked together. And it has been such an incredible journey to see how much that transformation in that space has increased their self-confidence, their satisfaction, their happiness, and their social engagement just within that one home environment. We went from room to room. And it was incredible that from week to week, the carryover that they were able to have Even when I wasn't there. So, by teaching them the skills and empowering them, they were able to take initiative to continue that cycle and create that system of progress. And that's how your environment can really help you increase and improve your lifestyle. So, that's just one example. We'll get through a little bit more, but I also want to tell you about my grandma. I know you're like looking at me like, why did you have to think about that? But my grandma, if you are listening on the podcast, you can't see, but if you're here with me on um, YouTube, on the video, you can see that my grandma is behind me. Um, And for those of you that follow me on social media, you've probably seen the picture because it's here in my office and it sits on the wall behind me. Well, my grandma was a very independent woman all through her life, from what I know. um, She worked very hard and cared for her family, cared for herself. And despite losing her husband several years, um, I was a little kid, my grandfather, um, I was really young, but she lived in that home and she stayed there all through her life until her last days. We were able to have the opportunity to support her wishes, which were to return to her home. She wanted to go to rest at home. She didn't want to be in the hospital. She didn't want to be in a care home or a long-term facility. And by coming together as a family, communicating, and really weighing out all of the options, we knew that this was the best option. So we sought out hospice services and set up the environment to allow her to be in a space that she was comfortable in. And so a home can empower you no matter what stage you're at. So of course, we want our home to empower us when we're active and vibrant and doing all the things for families. You wanna be able to support your children that are participating in sporting events and you know, different activities. You wanna be able to have the storage in the garage where you can keep all of that athletic equipment for those that enjoy outdoors activities, those kayaks and paddle boards. Uh, ski equipment, whatever it is, it takes up a lot of space. But it's also important to consider the time when maybe things aren't as vibrant and lively. And at this stage, a lot of times families are in a reactive mode. They are forced to make decisions and cope and respond to very high stress situations just in a moment like that. And of course, there aren't a lot of opportunities or time frames in which you can take each option and weigh it out really well because you often have to make a split second decision so by taking the steps in advance to create a home that's accessible it can make that transition so much easier so back to my grandma when we brought her home She was not able to walk, so she required a wheelchair. Making transfers, getting in and out of bed was really challenging, but we were able to set up the spaces so that way it would be a lot easier for the caregivers to help her to get in and out of bed. She was able to sit in the chair and sit with us at the kitchen table for meals or just to visit. She was able to sit in the living room with us to share in conversation or watch TV. And while it wasn't for a very long time before it was really too difficult or painful to get out of bed, we were able to really embrace her and have her with us in her home. And a lot of times people kind of retreat. They retreat to one space that is accessible or it's just the easiest to set up. It can take all of the equipment, the hospital bed, the bedside commode, um, a tray maybe for meals, and that's where everybody kind of lingers. So people kind of stand and hover, and there's really not a comfortable space. I mean, if you've been in the hospital, you kind of know how awkward it is when just people come and stand over you and talk at you. If you've not had that um, experience, then you can just imagine laying in your room in your bed and just having everybody come in and try to interact with you. It can be really uncomfortable. And in some circumstances, it's necessary. It just is something that we have to deal with. But if we can avoid it, we can use different aspects of our home, whether it's furniture, lighting, um, and just setting up the floor plan, the kind of layout, of items and objects to improve how we're getting along and how we're getting around. So that can really be an opportunity to maximize the, that time that's otherwise really difficult. So for those that are kind of experiencing maybe this transition or taking into consideration um, those options, thinking about what are some simple ways that you can just move things around a little bit with the support and advice and guidance of maybe an expert to be able to help you through this time. There are hospices and palliative care um, organizations. There are uh, death doulas that exist that can help with all of these emotions that you could be struggling with. And then, of course, there are those that are experienced in um, adaptation and home modifications, which that doesn't have to mean a really costly, expensive renovation. So taking that into consideration, you can t- think about where you're at in your life and think about even where you're sitting right now, unless you're listening this while you're in the car or doing something else. Um, but take a look around and what within that space is is inhibiting you from maximizing what it is you're trying to do. Are you trying to do dishes? Are you trying to unload the the washer or the dryer? Are you trying to make the bed? I know that my own bed is not in the best space because I can only access two sides, the side and the foot of the bed. I can't really access the headboard and I can't really access the other side because it's along the wall. So it's really an act of acrobatics just to change the sheets. So if I were to reconfigure the space and make it a little bit easier, because you don't want to work hard to do things that you have to do. You want to do those things, get them done, move on and have enough energy, motivation and willingness to do all the fun things. But if you're so stressed out about being frustrated that the garage is cluttered and you trip over stuff every time you're trying to load the groceries in, or you're trying to get out onto the patio and enjoy an iced tea or lemonade. But every time you do, the rocking chair that you're trying to sit in is a little bit crooked and it needs to be fixed or addressed. Or maybe when you sit, the sun gets right into your eyeball and you're not able to just enjoy that space, even with sunglasses, those are all just subtle examples of how the environment is not quite optimal. And that's not exactly just about function, that's just kind of how it is. And we usually take that for granted or we don't really think about it. We just maybe get annoyed, shift the angle of our seat and move on. But if you had an empowered home, you could feel better and probably feel a bit happier too. You know, if caring for others is so rewarding, why does it feel so stressful? We're supposed to want to help others. We're supposed to want to step in and care for our families and our loved ones and our friends. But if after we do those tasks and we do those kind deeds, And we feel so overwhelmed and so burdened and distressed, then is it really worth it? That's how many people feel when they're trying just to get through their day. And it's because they have to fight with everything. They have to fight with the mailbox. They have to fight with the curb. They have to fight with the door jams. And even like the sheetrock, when they're trying to just simply turn around in the bedroom or the bathroom, but happen to crash into the wall and this can happen to anyone think of any one of those examples you've probably done it even if you're not using a mobility device even if you're not in a wheelchair maybe you did it pushing the stroller trying to get out of the front door maybe you did it when you were trying to take down the curtain rod and jammed it into the side of the wall Maybe it's just something that you fight with when you're trying to carry the laundry basket and you always pinch your fingers. So you can see that function is important for anyone and you shouldn't feel frustrated or stressed out after doing these simple little things. So what can you do? We've got some simple tips and examples because the environment can enhance or restrict your abilities and your mood. And if you are a solid person with no issues, no disabilities, no illnesses, maybe you can have a better opportunity at regulating yourself and managing your frustrations. But take into consideration the people that aren't able to express their emotions. They're not able to communicate their needs and how the environment can be overwhelming to them. Maybe there's tension in the home. There's often arguments and frustrations being expressed through disagreements or loud verbalizations, or maybe it's somebody slamming things around and we are assuming that they are being behavioral, and erratic, and irrational. But if we were able to manipulate the environment, it can actually help to change and control a person's behavior, whether they are suffering from dementia, PTSD, uh, autism, or other neurodiversities, traumatic brain injury. There are a whole host of examples and research studies that support how our mood, our behavior, and our emotions are impacted by just what we're surrounded by within our environment. There can even be emotional ties to a home. So that can make those transitions really devastating. If somebody is kind of packed up and moved either to another location within the room or within the home, or if they're actually picked up and moved to a completely different location. A lot of times we want to move family members in with us. We want them to be safer, spend more time with them, but those discussions can be really challenging and it can be really devastating with that whole shift. So it really could be helpful to discuss these options and consider the transition. Sometimes we don't have the luxury of time. We just have to make these decisions and make things happen. And of course, if we all had all the money in the world, we would have the ability to make things happen just perfectly the way that we expect and want them to. But reality is that's not going to happen. And I understand that. But if you can start to empathize and really consider how what we're saying, what we're doing and what the environment is happening around us, and noticing what those reactions are, we might be able to help de-escalate some of these factors. For example, I enter a home and I am able to notice this odor. It's not a bad odor, but it's um, the mother has been cleaning. And they're complaining that their family member is constantly complaining, doesn't want to come out of their room. When they do come out, they're banging the cabinets. They're kind of fussing around. They're grumpy, short-tempered. You might think I'm explaining a teenager, (laughs) but they are really having great challenges within this home environment. The person is not coming to the table to eat meals, so they're losing weight. And it's not because the mother's not making all their favorite foods. They're noticing these change in behavior. They're not coming out to sit on the couch to play video games or watch TV. Maybe I am explaining a teenager, um, but this person is changing their habits. They're no longer interested in things that once made them quite joyful. And as I've been Interviewing and discussing some of these different things, what I'm noticing is the environment. So when you enter the room, it's dark, the shades are closed, the lights are off, the fan is on. And when you are out in kind of the living space, it's bright, the TV is on pretty loudly, and there's this odor that I was telling you about. Well, it turns out that they have been using some cleaning products that just, you know, the ones that exist that just are very fragrant. I'm pretty sensitive to um, scents and fragrance. I can get that little tingly feeling on the tip of my tongue, instantly get this like headache right at the front of my head. By the end of my time, depending on where I am, but specifically in this home, I can get this like puffiness or just pressure kind of under my eyes. So I asked a little bit about more about what kind of changes within the home had occurred. And since COVID, everybody is much more mindful of sanitization. Sanitization? I think so. (laughs) Uh, It's late when I'm recording this. Um, And so they have trying to be Uh, trying to be mindful of those that are at risk within their home have been cleaning much more frequently and changed the cleaning products that they were using. And for those that aren't necessarily familiar, and they're just looking for things that have a good scent, that's kind of what they were going off of. Of course, then the things that are advertised as antibacterial and antimicrobial. So it turns out that they were getting triggered by, you could see that just by kind of this process of elimination and exploring a little bit more that our environment can be so much more than maybe the TV being on too loud or the lights being too bright. But look how, how intense of a change in behavior and patterns that this caused. So, So those are just some simple examples of uh, creating this comforting and empowering home. So what we wanna do when we have um, an inhibiting home or environment, what we're gonna notice is it's restrictive. Whether it's restrictive to our participation, it's literally restrictive because of clutter and tripping hazards. Um, Tripping hazards are another inhibiting one. Even our communication, what we're saying to people, uh, stop, don't do that, that's dangerous because maybe things are kind of precariously stacked in a closet, so we don't want to open the closet door because things are going to start tumbling out. Just general boredom and darkness, maybe feeling you know, isolated, kind of depressed, having the lights off and the shades closed and just constantly always in darkness, that can really affect our our mood and our emotions, but it can also affect other things like our behaviors and sleep patterns. So we want to start uh, thinking about these enriching spaces. We want to have an enriching home, an enriching room, an enriching space. What does that mean? We want it to be set up so that we can actually do the things we want to do. If we enjoy cooking, we want our kitchen to be set up because we want to be able to host our friends and family. A lot of people look at um, when they're buying a home or looking for an apartment, you're looking for the setup. What's the layout? How many bedrooms and bathrooms? Well, once you're in that space, we want to look at that enriching environment. And the way we have it set up is going to be how we interact with ourselves and our families each and every day. We want it to create joy, create a sense of calmness. You want to enter your bedroom after the long day and interact with your spouse, or maybe you want to just go to sleep and get a good night's rest, but you want to enter that space and feel calm. You want to feel stress-free. You don't want to enter and just have all of these different, you know, emotions like, oh, I've got all that pile of laundry over there, and I've got a big stack of books over there, and The TV is, you know, too loud and there's crumbs in my bed. So really noticing what's happening around you and what you can do to make some of those changes, really creating much more of a natural environment. You want things that are enhancing the lighting, much more natural lighting, Um, maybe adding greenery and plants, things that are, you know, going to promote kind of that neutrality. So that way you can be in better control of your behaviors, your emotions, and those that are around you, especially if you're a caregiver. And of course, you want a safe environment. And by creating that safe environment, you want people to have have that space where they know that they are going to be protected and they can trust that nothing bad is going to happen, that there is a really good sense of security and that can be like literal protection from, you know, invaders, but ultimately you want to know that that's your space where you can be yourself and not have any kind of outsider telling you what to do. So if you want to paint your room all the different colors of the rainbow, you can do that. It doesn't matter that nobody does that Anywhere else in that traditional uh, room colors are more neutrals and blues. It doesn't matter what's trendy and what's in style. You can do whatever you want within your home. As long as it's allowing you to create that life you want to live. And you want to choose those things that are best for you, your family, and your loved ones. Those that are coming in the home to live, those that are coming in the home to visit, So if you have any questions about creating an enriching or empowering home for you or someone, you know, then feel free to reach out to the at gmail.com. I'm happy to accept questions, requests. If you have anything at all you want to share, I hope you feel free to reach out. And of course, if you have anyone in your life that would benefit from this episode, I encourage you to share it with them, share it on social media and let me know what it is you've tried out of any of this information. What did you find the most helpful? What was the most relevant? Um, What's something that maybe you implemented in your home? So with that, I am so grateful to have you here. I wish you the most blessed day and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning into the Purposeful OT podcast. I'm so excited to share this space with you, and I look forward to highlighting projects, sharing stories, and having really fun interviews to discuss the built environment. As an occupational therapist, there are so many different ways we can contribute to creating functional and inclusive spaces. So tune in each week to learn how you can implement simple concepts into your home space right now. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend, tag the purposeful OT on Instagram, and share a photo of how you've implemented one of our tips and tricks. You can also head over to purposefullyhome.com and sign up for our newsletter to learn more about me and stay up to date on creative solutions to help transform your home.